first of all, hold your horses for a minute. Prime Cut Meats has meatloaf that I can just go and buy. Oh, and it's awesome. It's so good. Just get a couple of them. They free, they're already frozen, okay. so you're good to go. Salmon loaf? Oh, my gosh. People are getting into your loaf situation. I'm telling you, okay, you, so can, any- you can loaf any good food <laughs> out there. Okay, so we're getting to Wolf Talk Part 3 in just a moment, but the question has come up. How will we decide on our next series? Because apparently 2023 is bringing educational series on It Takes Two. And I don't know. We're just going with it. And so someone suggested we start a bracket for our next series, and that is what we've done. We're very interested to see what people think this bracket is if they don't know. Eric Eric Johnson just walked (laughs) in the studio, and he knows how we do these brackets, and you can already tell he's, what? What's what going is going on? on? What, okay, what so are your things? no, I just I I just had to look for a second. I got it. I understand. <laughs> okay, so the first one, and it's going to be a quick bracket because we haven't started it yet, and it's already like twelve fifteen. So, text in space or sharks. Which one would you rather see a series about? On it takes two. N- next. We next. may do a space one right. if space loses. What's the next? Yeah. What's, what's the, the next? next? Space, space or sharks? Or sharks? And we also have owls, horses, treasure hunting, polar bears, shopping, and eagles to pick from as well. <laughs> Is that uh, Glenn Fry or the bird? No. Oh. Oh. We'll leave that up to interpretation. <laughs> the bird. It's the bird because it was w- one person who said, let's stick with animals. So it's the bird for sure. I mean, I don't know. You know? Okay, we'll, I guess we'll we could throw out. it out there. Okay. But Wolf Talk. Part three begins now. This has been such a fun series to learn more about wolves. And Maddie Witt joins us again. Maddie, welcome back to KFGO Radio. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me again. All right, Maddie, as the education supervisor with the International Wolf Center, you and I were emailing back and forth today, and you brought up this really kind of interesting topic, this this motto that Wolves need three things to survive. So let's start with there with this edition of Wolf Talk. What are the three things wolves need to survive? Wolves are really an incredibly resilient species, which I think is a a story that we don't get a lot of the time because they are considered endangered in so many areas. But actually, the the three things that they really need out of their habitat are pretty simple. simple in name, at least. They need wild spaces, so spaces that are a lot of, you know, natural habitat. They're not going to be living in urban areas. Um, They need their prey, which is mostly large hooved animals or the $5 word of the day, ungulates. Um, And then they need tolerance from humans, from people. We're one of the major kind of um, sources of conflict or even sources of mortality for wolves were the reason that they don't actually live throughout most of the U.S. like they used to. So we need to be able to coexist with them uh, in areas where we want to keep them around, too. So those are kind of the three main things that they need. Okay, so let's dig deeper into this tolerance from humans, because that's the thing that we can actually change right now. It's something that I have a direct uh, interaction with being a a human being. (laughs) So right. <laughs> th- this tolerance from humans, I have to imagine it has to be, uh, you know, people like rural spaces, right? And those are the, some of the wildlands, and they might border with some of the wolves. So how can I be a better human being for the wolf population of my area? Yeah, that's a fabulous question. Um, and one of the biggest 
things is just knowing more about them and understanding their behavior. So you are already on the right track um, and, and headed that way. And that helps you to better be able to share that space safely. So, you know, if you're a person that might have livestock, um, it's important to try to employ some methods that can help deter wolves, keep them away from those livestock. And there's a lot of different things available that can work in different areas and different situations. Um, but, you know, not all of those, there's no uh, silver bullets, you know, for lack of a better term, not all of those are going to work automatically all the time. So it takes some effort. Um, and often there's a cost associated with that, you know, which is what's difficult for a lot of people uh, that do have livestock. Pets can also be a source of conflict, especially domestic dogs. Um, we always recommend that people who are over here in northeastern Minnesota and wolf country, just keep your dogs close to you. Um, wolves, when they see dogs running around out in the woods, they perceive that as like another wolf or a coyote in their territory, which could potentially be a threat to their pups or might be taking their food. And so they might, they might attack them. Um, and that's another major source of conflict. But pets are generally safe if they're pretty close to humans. Um, so supervising them, keeping them on leash or in voice control is really helpful as well. So kind of you know, being mindful of wolf behavior and your behavior and your habits and how you can alter um, your behavior to make it a little bit of a safer area for wolves, too. I have a question about things we don't know. Is there anything out there about wolves that is still a mystery to us? Is there anything that, you know, uh, when you think about wolves that you know is still being studied or still being understood? Sure, yeah. Um, still a huge field. I mean, we understand a whole lot more about them than we used to. Um, one thing that I was actually just reading a new research article on this morning, we've done a lot of studying of how um, like hunting and trapping or even just human-caused mortality from like cars hitting wolves and that kind of thing. We've done a lot of studying on how that affects wolf populations overall. So, you know, the number of wolves in Minnesota or Michigan or anything like that. But we haven't done a lot of studying on how it can affect them socially within their family groups, within their packs. Um, you know, if packs are losing members, do they stay together? And uh, that's one big area that's still being studied, how that kind of affects them on a smaller scale and directly affects their behavior. So there was actually a study um, performed between Yellowstone and then between here in northern Minnesota that found that packs are less likely to stay together if even one member of their pack um, is harvested by humans for whatever means. And that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, hunting is bad. It's just something to keep in mind how that might impact um, the packs, you know, in that area and how that impacts wolves socially. So it could have pretty wide ranging effects. Maddie, was there ever a time when there was a serious push to try and domesticate wolves? <laughs> That's a fabulous question, too. Um, and I think you would have to look way, way, way in the past. Um, the domestic dogs we have today, all of them, even, you know, little chihuahuas and stuff, are descended from a common ancestor with gray wolves. And scientists are still kind of trying to figure out exactly when and where that happened. Um, today there are certainly still some people that do keep wolves as pets or wolf dog hybrids. 
That's something that we advise against. We don't recommend. Um, just like any wild animal, they're just not going to do super well, you know, being incorporated into your house and your life. If uh, if that's what you're looking for, I recommend a large dog breed because that's pretty much how we got them anyways. Brent has called in. Brent, go ahead. You're on the air. Um, last week, I saw a pair of wolves here in Fargo, southwest of Riley's Acres. One was black and one was gray. Um, had a pair of binoculars on them, but... Um, I know they weren't dogs and coyotes. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, that's not, a, you said, Maddie, that is ab- absolutely possible for our area, right? Yeah, it's definitely possible. Um, you know, there's a little bit of a barrier in northwestern Minnesota with farmland, but wolves are travelers. So they're, they're moving around and they could certainly be moving through that area. Are they usually traveling in pairs like that? They might be, yeah. Um, when they are leaving their packs that they were born into, there might possibly be two younger individuals leaving together, or, you know, it might be um, two young wolves that have met up and are looking to start a new territory. So there's kind of a lot of situations that, that could explain that. Interesting. Thanks, Brent, for the call. You know, Maddie, when he's mentioning the, the, the color on those wolves, I in my mind, I think I hear the word gray wolf, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, the wolf is completely gray but is there a variation in coloring on some of these animals i'm glad you asked that question because yes there is um the overall name of the species is gray wolf but they can be a whole variety of colors from um like they were saying on the phone there black all the way even to basically white and anything in between they can be kind of more reddish brown tan um, and you can see that in our pack, in our ambassador pack at the center, too. If you catch them on our cameras, they can be a whole variety of colors. Okay, I've got another question, and then I want to end this thing with talking about the center a little bit. But we did a piece just this last year on a major uh, a major amount of funding that went across the nation for wildlife bridges. So, you know, you had mentioned that there's some farmland that kind of makes it difficult for them to to maneuver into our neck of the woods. But now they are building these wildlife bridges so that, you know, the wildlife can cross over busy highways and internet or interstate spaces. Is that the type of thing that can really be a human interaction to help wolf species? That could certainly help. Um, you know, just like any other wildlife, one of the major causes of, of wolves or human-caused mortality for wolves is vehicles um, and vehicle strikes. So that can certainly help them to travel more effectively. Um, you know, the other component of that is the wild lands piece. So where they are settling down, they're not typically going to settle in areas that are, you know, more heavily populated or tend more towards farmland. Because even though there might be plenty of available deer and things for prey in that area, they're just very elusive. Um, we mentioned them being kind of afraid of new things and neophobic. So if they're if they feel really visible or exposed, they're going to be less likely to settle in those spots. But they are travelers, so connecting those spaces, um, those wildlands with wildlife bridges could certainly help. Maddie Witt has been our guest and education supervisor with the International Wolf Center. So if someone wants to come to the center, if they said, listen, three parts is not enough wolf talk. I want to go out there. I want to see what's going on. Tell us a little bit about the center itself. Yeah, we have an awesome interpretive center. It has um, a couple of exhibits surrounding topics on wolves. We have our Discover Wolves exhibit, um, where you can learn more about the history of wolf research, about wolf life cycles, and about kind of the human element as well. 
We're getting a new um, exhibit focused on Arctic wolves this year, so that is coming. You can also see our live ambassador wolves through our observation windows, so you can get kind of up close and personal with them through those windows. And you can talk to our staff. Um, we're always available to answer questions, and we do live presentations every hour, too. So we are, during the winter, open on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. And then during the summer, we switch to seven days a week as well. So come on by and visit us. Very cool. Maddie, thank you so much for all the wolf information. I mean, declaring 2023 is the year of wolves on KFGO for J.J. Gordon seemed to be the best idea ever, and you made it <laughs> so much fun. Uh, I appreciate that, and I hope everything goes well. Uh, I hope you guys can decide on sharks or space for your next series. Yeah, it's, well, you know, and then there's owls or horses or treasure hunting or polar bears or shopping or eagles. But moving to the next round is space. That has beat out sharks in our text club at 35270. So now we're on to owls or horses. You can put your vote in at 35270, owls or horses. But, Maddie, JJ's right. This this series doesn't happen without you. It's only an idea until you walked into it. So thanks so much. We appreciate it. Thank you.